Welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast with me, Bill Betts, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. This podcast is sponsored by LowPay, the low-rate payment app that gives you more. So without further ado, let's get going. Awesome. Awesome. Welcome, everyone. I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're busy coming into the, the crazy Christmas season. It's going to be crazy for everyone, but uh, don't worry, we're going to be here with some podcasts for you to listen to. Today's guest um, is a friend and uh, copywriter, Jodie Rainsford. Welcome, Jodie. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, good. I wanted to bring you on because, as you said, you're, you're a copywriter. You provide copywriting services for uh, for businesses. And I wanted to break down the barriers for uh, business owners when it comes to copywriting and explain exactly what it is. So, But before we do that, let's tell us a little bit about your business and, and how you started it. Yeah, so uh, my background uh, was originally as a journalist. So I used to be a journalist in um, like film and TV. Uh, then I moved across to being sort of health and fitness. And then um, the you know, publishing industry isn't exactly the strongest industry in the world. So I moved I moved out of that and I decided that I wanted to become a sales copywriter. So very, very specific uh, thing that I wanted to do and very quickly realized that my journalism skills, um, you know, although writing actually bore no resemblance to what I needed to know in order to, to become a sales copywriter. It's more akin to kind of sales psychology, triggers, all that kind of stuff. So I went to the US, um, I found a mentor and um, learned uh, copywriting, uh, sales copywriting there. Uh, started working with some kind of big US clients, um, a number of kind of health and fitness organizations, did some work for um, uh, Tony Robbins um, uh, training company as well. Um, so all these kind of all these kind of things, and you know, kind of big demand for it in the US. Not so much of a demand in the UK. So I started the agency Hello Genius, which was you know primarily designed to um, bring kind of direct response copywriting, sales copywriting, email marketing uh, to a UK audience, um, and and build a lot of the kind of action based conversion based. Um, copy into into things I do. I've seen people doing social media. I've seen people you know, writing emails, weren't getting results, things like that. So, you know, I, I wanted to kind of uh, try and help people get get more results. So it's more kind of an action focused, results focused uh, brand of copywriting that I wanted to bring in. So that that's you know, and I started the agency um, about eight years ago. And um, so, yeah, we've just um, kind of like grown and grown and been helping more and more uh, businesses of different sizes just, you know, try and uh, get the results that they want. So how is there, is there such a thing as a, is there a definition of copywriting? Oh, this is the, this is the big thing. So, so um, copy, it's, a, it's a weird thing because copywriting is a, um, it's one of those phrases where um, if you were a copywriter and you tell people, start telling people about copywriting, they think it's something to do with, you know, copyright, uh, legal. I used to, I, I did a law degree. Um, so, and copyright was one of the, one of the, the, the parts of the law degree. So I do know about copyright. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a strange one. People that within the, with it, within the industry, everyone has their own view about what copywriting is and what isn't. I don't think anyone else outside of it cares. Um, but th- there's, I think there's an important distinction to make, which is, which is probably quite useful um, uh, when you are like looking to to work with someone or looking to learn it, for example. So there's, there's kind of two types of writing, content writing and, and copywriting. And so, you know, my, I, I always come up with the, with the definition that content writing 
is that kind of writing, yeah, having been on both sides, so is that kind of writing that you, know, you, you, you expect from journalism? So you, it might be blog writing, it might be um, you know, uh, writing to get attention, things like social media content. You're, you're trying to get attention, you're trying to engage, um, you're trying to um, you know, uh, you know, get, get people to, to read that stuff. Copywriting is slightly different in the sense that, you know, that, that there is a purpose to it. There is a, a sort of a commercial purpose. There is a, an action that you want to take from it. And so both of them employ different things. You know, a great piece of a great piece of uh, of copywriting should have uh, something that's really engaging, something that should really kind of pull people down. But copywriting, in the sense that it actually moves you to take some kind of action, is the important thing. There has to be a kind of a takeaway from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, uh, I, I I did write a book about this called the Engagement Formula, and um, and and it, and it spoke to exactly that issue: the fact that yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of content that people write and they just write and write content, but they never ever you know ask for the sale. They never ask for some kind of action. They never use the the right triggers or the right you know um, uh, kind of psychological nudges within it in order to do that. And so it, it's about understanding what to include within that. And so that's that's the kind of difference. This comes up all the time now that chat GPT is around yeah, because yeah. everyone's saying, well, your God, copywriters dead, copywriting's dead and everything. And I think copywriting very much um, is 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 absolutely fine when it comes to things like chat GPT. I think some of the content writing stuff, that's where um you know you can use things like chat GPT much much more effectively. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna replace, I think, a lot of um content writing, um, which uh, which doesn't kind of like fall over on, on that side. It's funny you mentioned that. I wrote a um I wrote a well I I was very proud of the blog that I wrote a few weeks ago. And it was all of, you know, you see a lot of content on Facebook saying uh, being a business owner is hard because blah 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 blah. Yeah. Quite negative, you know. And I wrote like a, a an alternative version. You know, being a business owner is hard, but I really enjoy it because of X Y Z. And I wrote this this blog, and then someone I published it, and so I went, "Oh, did you write that? Or did Chat GTP?" I was like, "I wrote it." Damn it, you know, it's, it's all about all about personal work now. I'm just going to be assumed that it's... It is. It's you know, really hard. It's really hard. I do, the, the, the thing is, what uh, what I found with ChatGPT, so I, 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 I train copywriters now. So one of the things I do is I train copywriters. And one of the things that we do, I integrate into is integrating AI and integrating things like ChatGPT into, into the workflow. And there's, there's very clear places where you can use it. And there's very clear places where it doesn't work yet. And I'm sure it will work, but but things like you know the, the the tone of voice you use, like you know your personality, that kind of thing, it's still not very good at uh, at replicating uh, that effectively. Someone can very clearly, very clearly kind of spot that. But that is the, that is always going to be the issue. If you if you write something, I've had people accuse me of using ChatGPT for stuff. Like if I've written something and it doesn't quite sound as something else that I've written, they're like, oh. Did you write this, yo? And the implication is that yo, ChatGPT is it. I'm like, no, believe me, I I did write this. Yeah, blood, sweat, and tears are into that. Exactly, I know all of that. All of that to have that accusation thrown at you. Yeah, the um, it was interesting when you said about the UK versus the USA market, and you said yeah. like the USA market, um, business market is more into copywriters and using them. I when you went back to saying, you know writing something with a purpose with a sales purpose i wonder if that's kind of the uk like the britishness in us saying oh here's our services what do you think well then- no I, I, I definitely think i definitely think there is a there's a difference see in, in america um they're just not ashamed of marketing they're not ashamed to talk about money they're not ashamed about marketing they're not ashamed about um you know a- actively kind of going going out there's a certain confidence to, to to all of it as well 
and um and i i do think that that is that is lacking in, in in people people just have a general nervousness about it we have this all we have this situation like and this this happens some around uh, email marketing in particular like eos a lot of those a lot of those us uh, clients and things they will they will email people every day Every single day, you know, sometimes multiple times a day. If there's if there's a campaign, now you tell this to 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 a business in the UK, and they're like, "We feel bad about emailing once a month." Yeah, um, and so and, and so because they don't like it, and I just I I think that there is that people people take a lot of things very personally about you know I don't like email, therefore other people don't like email. I don't like pop ups on the website. Therefore, other people won't like it. Instead of just being kind of a bit more kind of you know hard nosed about does this work or doesn't this work, and I think that's I think that's the difference. I think there is you know trying to t- taking things too personally without without really thinking about you know what what is it that the audience wants or getting negative feedback. You know, it, it, say someone says, oh, I don't like you know how your sales page looks. I think your sales page is too long. That's a big one that's level for people that have purchased from that sales page, <laughs> and you know, and I'm like, well. They bought it. They yeah. bought it off that sales page. So it doesn't matter really whether they think it's too long or not. It's 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 kind of irrelevant. So it's just it, it's about being kind of a bit more bit more kind of hard nosed. I think the worst situation that happens, um, and, and this this is particularly true with with email, is that so many business owners are so scared to upset their audiences that they don't email them at all. For example, they don't email at all, but. When they want to sell something, that's when they'll send out the email, and they think, "Oh, just because I'm sending out one or two emails, it doesn't matter." But because those emails are, are, are only sales emails, then they end up getting lots of unsubscribes because they've not communicated with them at any other point. And right. I think the the thing that I wanted to kind of bring is that you can you can have an approach that isn't just really strongly salesy all the time, but it has to be much more strategic. You know, if you're going to send sales emails you have to also send emails you know a higher proportion of emails that 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 give value this podcast is sponsored by lowpay lowpay is half the price of sum up and zettle so you keep more of the money that you earn rates start at 0.79% they give value they answer objections you know they 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 talk to the things that that audience wants if someone opts in to to something that you want they are hot. They are interested in what you're doing. They 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 have an expectation that you are going to help them with something. If you don't, then email them at any point and to, you know for weeks and weeks, and then the only email they get is a sales email. Right? They, what do you think they're going to do? You know, the, the the it's it's almost it's just the most important email that you'll send is that very first email. And if that very first email is a sales email, it's a bad thing. If that very first email comes straight after they've opted in, introduce yourself, explaining what you do, you know, giving them a little bit of a story. Like story is a really, really important element to this. You know, telling them about. And I think it particularly, particularly for, uh, for you know, for the people, for people in this group as well, you know. Your customers are going to love your stories. We, you know, you get, you, you can talk about this all the time. They're going to, they absolutely love that. So, how much of your story are you actually bringing into that? It doesn't have to be sales, you know, promos, things like that. It's about you know building a picture, and it's about understanding how do you do that strategically, but also with an eye on how do we get people to take action? How do we get? How, how do we sell something to them in the end? I love the fact that you know, hopefully, we're bringing in words into the dog pet grooming industry that maybe they've never heard before, like 
like nurturing, you know, and I, I talked about this the other day on a Facebook Live I did, like nurturing your customers. And a lot of people believe that by putting things out onto they're, they're concerned that if they're really, really busy and they're putting stuff out into the wider world about their business, they're marketing for new customers. But it's like, actually, no, you're you're nurturing your existing customers. You're keeping your existing customers like happy and and informed and part of your tribe, sort of thing, part of your part of your community. And and so we're introducing these words into the for small business owners that may have never heard of all of this sort of terminology and. I mean, that's it. Absolutely. There is, there, there's basically, there's, there's four types of, of content that, that people should be putting out. So the first type of content is, is, a, is attraction content. Content, so people who don't know who you are, they don't know what you're about, you know, and you're, and you're, you know, and, and the way that you attract, you know, new people following you, new people interested in you is, especially on social media, is by talking about the things that, that you know, are important to them, that are, that are challenges for them, that are pain for them, are things that they want, things that you're really doing that. The second type of content is nurturing. So you're nurturing um, uh, people. They, they, they're they following you. They know who you are, but you're telling them your story. You're telling them, but you know, they're, they're finding out about what you do, what you can bring, how you can help them. Uh, and, they're, you know, and they're connecting with you in different ways. They're building, you know, you're building rapport with them. The third type of content is that conversion content. Saying, you know the the thing you know you know, opt into my guide um you know uh, have a look at my pricing you know I've, I've got an offer on at the moment that thing and that that should only form a very small proportion of it there's only be a small proportion of people that you know probably probably want that and you want to put that in front of people at the, at the right time which is why it's so important to drive people onto an email list that's that's kind of a really key thing but the fourth type of content is the is the content that people don't ever think about and that's retention content it's co- it's the people who who have already purchased from you that you are you know, continuing to you know invest time and effort into um you know it, it, to to uh, keep talking about what you're doing to keep telling about the services you offer to say when you've got new services come up because those people again there's a zero cost for for, for you know um uh, you've already acquired them so you're all you're doing then is increasing lifetime value um and they're the best source of referrals as well and recommendations and so you know that's going to be that is going to be the most profitable people that you you work with so why not invest time marketing to those people even if it is just a fraction of it which is good which is why, you know, a combination of social, email marketing, all these different things kind of come together. And that's that's so true. And um, people, so pet groomers generally get really, really busy. Their diaries get packed. And then um, they'll stop all the, the marketing activity. They'll stop the Facebook posts because because of time. They just yeah. they physically get overwhelmed and don't have the time to do it. And then uh, a few months later, they're like, where's everyone gone? You know? Yeah, that's always the way, isn't it? That's always the way. And then, and then, so then they pick up their marketing. They start putting out social media stuff. They get busy again, and it's that it's that sort of roller coaster cycle, isn't it? Where busyness, back of marketing, marketing, busyness is, and but people tell me they don't they don't quite understand that, or they don't they don't see it in their business. No, I, I, there is a there's a real idea that when you want to make sales, you send an email to make sales, or when you want to make sales, you put a social post on to make sales, and and you kind of drive it like that. And you know that's that's true if you are in advertising, um, and and that's absolutely fine. You can do that, and you, and you, uh, you know as long as you write an ad properly, and, and and you and you've got a good mechanism. But all of those things rely on you having an audience to do that too. It relies on you. You know there there are certain activities that as a as a as a business owner you should be doing all the time, and and, you know, 
getting pe- building your email list, growing your email list should should be happening all the time, almost like on autopilot. That should be a, a kind of a, a thing that you're constantly. So that's going to be yeah your 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 best and your uh, your your cheapest source of of, of leads. Um, I think you know, consistency is the is the thing. You know, on all the social platforms, consistency is rewarded. So you know, if you can be consistent and consistency in in terms of you know sending emails, you know, I. I I'd say to people, all right, let's let's do let's do an exercise. Let's you know write an email to your list every single day for thirty days, and people are just like, oh god, that sounds terrible, that sounds awful, and then they do it and they increase their sales you know to an incredible amount. And then I go back to a couple of months later. It's like, oh, so how are your email going? I goes, oh yeah, I I just I haven't got as many sales as that. You're like, well, why? Well. Oh well, because after that thirty days, then I, I just went back to like emailing once a month. You're like, what? What are you doing? Like, you know, so you, you, you've proven that, that that you know the more you email, the the more sales you get. As long as you're writing the right stuff, and the thing is, because of the set you're in, you have you, you have. Yeah, it's not as if you like in heating or something like that, where you, all you could talk about is boilers or accounting, is where you could talk about tax, and everyone kind of goes, oh, I don't want to hear about these things. You're talking about things that people are really passionate about. That they want to hear about all the time. They're happy to, you know, you you've got like a real, um, uh, you know, uh, a, a vein, a rich vein of, of content that you can put out, and it doesn't need to be topical either. So, you know, I think um, dedicating a small amount of time to batching some of that content, and, and you could do the same with 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 emails. You know, if you can't if you can't dedicate to time to say writing an email. Uh, you know, every week or something like that. Spend spend some time, you know, just writing, uh, you know, a, a number of emails and put put people into a nurture process. If someone, you know, opts in, uh, send them like an, an automated series of, of emails that, that that slowly nurtures them over a period of time, and then just keep adding emails to the end of that. Um, and then, if you have any promotions and things like that, you can send that out as a broadcast email. There's just there's there's ways of making it easier. Um, you know, the worst thing in the world is you know rocking up on a Monday and going, well, what social content shall I put out? Yeah, you know, what do I need to put on socials this week? What do I? What email do I need to send? What blog do I need to write? It's the most it's the most painful thing. And if you do it that way, that is that is where you are going to really really struggle. Get you know, it, it, even if you can batch it once once a month um, and schedule it, um, and then if you do more on top, that's great. Um, but uh, yeah, consistency really does pay off when it comes to when it comes to marketing. Yeah, I mean, yes, you know, there's different. I think there's different personalities, and you certainly hit on a lot of my flaws <laughs> when, it to, when it comes to email marketing. I've definitely, I, I, hundred percent, put my hands up. I've got, I had a had a block to email marketing. The block is now starting to become clearer, and I am on the on the case. And I suppose I was just reflecting on like. People may be waiting for the next podcast, my next podcast to come out. Yeah. And I think actually people might generally be happy when it comes out and they're like, wow, I can't wait to listen to it. And I suppose it's the same concept with an email, isn't it? They might be waiting for their next email to drop in so that they can read a bit more, give some more value and, and stuff like that. It's it, it's really interesting because I had a conversation with um uh, with, with an accountant actually, and they were saying um they wanted to kind of grow their their, their community uh, around it, and so I say I was saying to them that you know email marketing because they're existing clients, email marketing is probably the best way to get. It. They haven't got a group or anything else like that, so email marketing is probably the best best way of doing that. And, you know, it's all, it's, again, this is all retention. This is all you know, getting them to talk about. Um, and they were about to reduce um, the two emails that they sent a month down to one email because they were they would you know out through 
not having done any kind of research, they just thought that it was too much. And I said, well, what's in, what's, what are in the different emails? I'm like, well, one of them was kind of like news and then someone was like tax advice and things like that. I'm like, well, just think about what your audience really wants to hear about. What, what, do, they, what do they need? Do they, do they need that tax advice? Are they interested in that tax advice or do they need something else? And this is predominantly a, 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 a firm that helps you know, uh, fast growth companies. Mm-hmm. So the kind of things that they're challenged with aren't necessarily the things that they're things that the, the, the company can help with, but aren't necessarily things that they were talking about. So I was like, well, just keep your tax advice and your, you know, your company news one, but make the other one uh, uh, something that focuses just on them. Don't think about yourself. Don't put any of your products in it. Don't put any of your services in it. Just think about them, right? What is the kind of email? I said, I said the, the problem isn't the fact that you're emailing. The problem is that you're looking at that email the wrong way. Look at that and think, how do I make that the email they, they look forward most to in the month? How do I make that like the most useful, the one that they, uh, they, they're they going to save and they're even going to share around the company? How do I make that so that it's the one that they really look forward to? And when people ask on LinkedIn, oh, who should I subscribe to? They go, oh, you've got to do this email. Like raise your standards of what you, what you want to do from the email because people, I have emails that you know, I look forward to, to reading and I know that every single one that I get is like filled with, filled with gold. And so, you know, it, t- it takes some effort, but people do look forward to it. And, that, and that's the thing. The issue isn't email. People have made millions and millions from email. It's still the highest ROI of any other um, uh, marketing channel that you can find by, by a long way, Tw- anything between 20 to one or 40 to one um, uh, ROI. So, it's not email as the issue. It's how engaging those emails are and how much they meet the needs of your, how much they entertain. Like, I think there's a lot of people forget that it, it doesn't have to just be kind of business and this is, you know, these are the products I've got and things like that. If you can entertain people, people are looking for distraction. They're looking for distraction. They're looking to, you know, talk about the things that they're interested in. They're looking to do, you know, see things that are funny. There's, you know, there's a reason like uh, cat videos and dog videos and things like that are really popular on social because, People like see that you have a, a wonderful opportunity. You know, the amount of you, the, the amount of um, uh, uh, newsletters, um, like printed newsletters, um, uh, US companies that basically have a section in it where there's a pet, um, you know, and they give an update about the pet. And, you know, this could be an invoice financing company or something like that. You think how is that relevant anyway? But there's a there's a picture of a pet in it. They do an update on it and stuff, and then people go, oh, do you know, I absolutely love your newsletter to find out what's happening with you know, so-and-so every week and things like that. It It's just don't focus on you know what you're trying to sell or what you're trying to focus on what they want to hear. And that's the thing. You know, if, you're, if your audience is interested in rugby, write about rugby. If, you're interest, if they're interested in you know, cross-stitch, write about cross-stitch. Like, write about the things they're interested in because you know and there'll be and there'll be some commonalities between that with your with your audience yeah and whilst you're talking i was writing down some ideas like uh pay of the week you know funny find uh puppy of the month you know and then you can also invite dog walkers dog trainers dog scissors cat trainers you know to guest on your emails and write blogs for you and stuff like that there's so i mean people love people love doing stuff like that there's so there's, there's, there's so much object. It, it, I think there is a there's this idea that marketing is this um, really painful thing that I have to I have to do. But if you kind of switch it and go like, if I was like a, a, a really good 
like TV channel, or if I was a really good like radio channel, or if I was something like that, that, you know, uh, people want to be really sure, what sort of content would I put on it? What would I want to watch? What would I find interesting? That kind of stuff as well. So if you're finding it interesting when you're writing it and you're enjoying writing it, there's a good chance that your audience will go. If you're sat there going, God, I'm so, I am so bored with writing this. I just, I'm trying to slog this out. It's a good chance that, and, and that's the thing, the frustrating thing. You could spend ages writing stuff and doing this stuff and put it out and then, you know, someone will, the only comment you'll get is someone correcting a spelling mistake on it. And then you kind of get your hand in your head, you go, I'm never doing this again. Um, it, doing marketing well, it can be fun. It, it, it can it, it can be really enjoyable. Uh, you know, if you're proud of it and, and you know, other people say, your, your customers, your existing customers love it when they see you doing good marketing. That's the thing. They're just they 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 absolutely love it. If you're you know if you're if you're talking about all the things they're interested in, uh, yeah, because they they've invested in in you, they've chosen you, and you're making them look good by making yourself look good as well. So it, it you know it all kind of feeds feeds back. It makes you much more referable. It makes you attracts more people to you as well. I think you're right. I think your customers enjoy your success. Oh, absolutely, they're invested. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I speak. I speak to a lot of pet groomers, sort of day in, day out. And when I sort of say, like, "How did you get into the industry?" They all have a story. Yeah. At the moment, at the moment, it's a COVID story. Normally, you know, I was in a corporate job, COVID hit, and I thought, "I oh, fuck that. I'm not doing this for another yeah. years. I'm getting out." They've all got a story, and these these stories need to be shared with customers, with clients, with prospective clients, don't they? Absolutely. I think just, you know, there are, there are so many stories. So, you know, uh, there's your story. There's, there's your customers' stories. Yeah. When they're happy to share those stories as well. There's the story of how, you know, how your business came into, into being. There's the story of, you know, how you came up with a different service. Like some people are offering you different things, you know, uh, and 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 how that came about is a story of how you solved a problem for someone, and that problem is someone else's problem that they've got. And so, I think telling telling stories is 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 so important. The, the the problem is that I think people hold this up as a um, oh, I need to be a really good writer in order to tell the story. I need to, I you know, I need to present it in the right way, and I need to I need to write it well. Um, and you know, a, a a poorly written story about yourself that's raw and honest. Is always going to be much more effective than something that is beautifully written but but inauthentic. And I think this is the issue I have with a lot of like ChatGPT. Yeah, is that you can you can you know, you you can tell that it has like zero soul in it, and you can tell the difference when someone has written something you know it's raw and you know and and you know they find it out and they're upset about something or they're you know they're, they're thrilled about something and, and I think that makes that makes a real difference and and those are the kind of things that. Um, that really connect you to your audience. You know, the things that when they when they talk about you know, when they when they have conversations with you as well. The, the other thing to think about is that I think people have, you know, after saying, you know, uh, in, in America, they, you know, they're kind of obsessed with metrics and they're, they're happy with metrics and stuff like that. I do think people get very emotional about, um, you know, when they put stuff out and people don't like it or not that many people see it and things like that. Um, if you are consistent and you you commit to consistency, you can put lots of stuff out and there are lots of people lurking. There's lots of people who will never comment on your stuff, will never like your stuff, um, uh, but they will still read it. They'll still see it. You know, there may be like five people that see something of yours, uh, but one or two of those, it may resonate with them so strongly. It'll be really important to them. And you know, 
two months, three months, a year's time, they'll come back and they'll tell you about that post that you did. You know, the amount of times I've, you know, I've put out posts and, you know, trying to religiously, you know, put stuff, content out. And I've asked myself, well, what was the point? Like no one read that. And then had a conversation with someone 18 months later, go, oh, you know, that post that you wrote about, about that, you know, it really resonated with me. You're like, well, you didn't comment on it. You didn't like it. You haven't joined my email list. Like all of those things. And they kind of come out of the blue. You know, people, people just buy in different ways. And so, it's it's having that consistency to so that when when people decide to buy, you're there in front of them. You've but you've you've done you've you've got the right range of content so that they they know what you do. They you know connect with you. Um, and, and and equally important is to you know to repel the people that aren't right for you. If you offer premium services, you know, and you need to talk about those premium services, you need to talk about you need to you know put, you know, put that across in terms of you know, your brand things like that. You know, in order to to to, to make it clear that. That, that what you're about, your brand is kind of an important aspect to this as well. Um, but yeah, just having, having that consistency and telling those stories. There, 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 you, when you start telling stories, then other people will want to share stories as well. Um, and I'm sure that you hear stories all the time. Like literally every time you know the pet, you know the, the pet the owner comes in, there's 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 stories to be told there. You probably can't share some of them, um, but there's probably lots that you can share. Right, the, the funny objects that dogs eat. Oh my goodness! Like, oh yeah, we've just got we've just got a puppy, and uh, I've had to I've, I've had to record downstairs as opposed to in my office because um, he's constantly needing to go out and stuff, and it's like it's just like having a a, a baby in the house again. He's going going through he's what, five months old or, or whatever. Um, and just, you know, we go out and he's like a little celebrity. Everyone's got their stories about what happened with their puppy or that, you know, everyone's got their advice. There's been some terrible advice. There's been some good advice, but you know, sharing that stuff, there's just, there's so much to talk about. Um, you know, it, and that's just from like little conversations we, we, we've got out. Uh, and so, and, and it's the same people, people love talking about the things that they love talking about. Yeah. And something I work with my clients about with, when it comes to social media and marketing is, you know, to come away from that, we're going to get, well, I didn't get an instant result from that post. I yeah. didn't get a sale from that post. And, it, and it's just not about that, is it? And another another way to perhaps alleviate some people's worries or fears or concerns is just put something out. And, and for me, if it helps one person, that's job done. Yeah. If I can just reach one person and help them, that's all I want to do. So I set my bar low. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's really funny. It's funny how inconsistent some people are. So um, you know, people will spend. So like you know all those like micro publishing um uh, things. So you know you get like a local a local booklet, um, a local guide or something like that. So people will advertise in those for months and months and months without getting a result and have no problem with it, you know, whatsoever. You know, and they'll say, oh, and the things that. It'll take it'll take six months, you know, because the media salesperson goes, oh, it takes six months for them to kind of recognize it and stuff like that. Whereas actually, you you know, you should be getting a result on the first time that's published if you've if you've written that ad in the right way. Um, but they won't do the same with their social media. Like, you know, you I'll put out the social, yeah, I'll put my social media post or I'll start emailing or I'll start doing that and I don't get any results from it. Like I expect the results from that. So why do you expect the results from that, but but not from that? And so and and it's just it, the, the difficulty, I think, is as well is uh, because if you're using social media and you're on social media, there's other people that there's a real sort of comparison element, is it? People are killing it on social media all the time. There's other people who are so successful and things like that, and they don't ever talk about the consistency that they've had to put in and the and you know like growing a list. 
growing your subscribers, growing an audience. These are all, all really hard things to do. People, you know, when people go, oh, you know, uh, just put an offer to your audience and do it in this way or use this piece of technology or, or something like that. That's great. But what they're not saying is that they've spent 10 years building that audience. Yeah. Not to, you know, and and yeah, you know, all of those things are great if you if you built that audience. And so and and that's exactly it. You know, you uh, building an audience, it, it take it's one person at a time. It takes one person to resonate what you're doing, to make the decision to, you know, follow you, subscribe. And so, you know, being being authentic and, and having real insight and, and connecting them with you and, and and then you know, feeling that you can you can help them as well is 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 really important like just having that thought is this helpful would, you know, would i have liked this information when i you know if i didn't know where i was and thinking about what you know what different stages are people at in terms of understanding what what you know what their pets need so so you know it, it it's a, it's about putting out content um that you are happy with and that you know can can make an impact and like you say people don't always feed back um it, and when people do feedback, there's always like, there's always people that feedback in a really negative way and things like that. And you know, I I, I do think you know this this whole thing isn't there about you know you you haven't made it until you've got your first hater, um, yeah, and you know, but at least it kind of shows that you are putting you're putting stuff out in the first place, um, which is kind of comes with the territory. Uh, I th- I th- something you reminded me of the guy behind Diary of uh, a CR Stephen Barley. Yeah. Like, I, I, I've been listening to his book, and I didn't. He's exploded onto the into the world. Yeah, but he's been around for a long time. Yeah, you know, he's been a business person and had businesses for a very since he's eighteen or maybe beyond that. But if, but now he's now the sort of the, the face of you know his W H Smith, his books everywhere and and everything. Yeah, but it's that time, isn't it? Time in the market. Well, and that's the thing, and and so I think it's that's a really good point about Stephen Bartlett because I think people people want to follow the success of, of something like Stephen Bartlett, but you need to think that what he's doing now isn't what he did to become as big as he did. So you'll look at him now. Go, oh, he's posting five times a day on different social media things. He's got a podcast. You know, uh, he releases uh, different podcast episodes three times a week. You know, we did. I, I, you know, my team did an analysis of of what he does now compared with what he used to do, and so. Yeah, the things that he did now, um, uh, he does now. It just if you copied that, that's not going to get you the success that you want because he's at a different stage. He is building his personal brand. He's on Dragon's Den. He's he's doing all of these things. You know, he needs. You need to look at you know what did he do back then, and it was much more kind of much more hustly. It was much more you know um, you know you know dragging people through the mud in order to get them to do things. You know, it's this idea that you can you can you can take the success of someone now and think oh that's what they're doing. It's like people who try you know Mr Beast for example. You know, you try and follow what Mr Beast it, it does. I mean, it's kind of impossible because the amount he spends on his videos. But you know, trying to copy what he did now compared with you know he he spent ten years you know twelve hours a day. We were trying to find the best way, you know, just working through the uh, the algorithm, working through what worked, you know, developing that that huge amount of knowledge, that real mastery of it, and so you know, and that's put that's put him so far ahead of everyone else. It's it, it it's kind of crazy, and so I do think that there is a there's a tendency to look at people's success. Um, and and become really discouraged um, because you know they're not telling the whole story. I mean, like someone like does tell the whole story, but a lot of people don't tell the whole story about it, or they make it look, seem really simple or or things like that. And actually, it, it it's cons- it's consistency. It's all consistency is the is 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 the big one. If you can just keep putting the right type of content out, it's you know consistency and really understanding who your audience is. So you know, putting out lots of content that isn't right. You know, we're seeing that now. There's 
the you know it's been flooded with you know AI content, um, but there's a real opportunity for you know personal content, stories, um, content that really resonates to a very like a specific target audience, uh, people that you know really connect with you. That that stuff's going to really really show up in that kind of sea of really generic content that's that, that this like tsunami that's hitting us now. And this this talk, I mean, this is like a mini mini masterclass on on uh, on content and marketing. <laughs> awesome, because you know lately um, there's been a lot of people posting into the group saying they're worried about how much competition there's around. You know, this is the you need to get hold of. Like this is how you sell yourself. You 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 set yourself. Among, like above the competition, don't you? Yeah, you just don't. The thing is, you don't worry about the competition. That's the thing. Don't worry about the competition. Like the the the, the thing is, you have got a story. You have got a, a a brand or something that you want to do. The the, the problem is, it's really funny. Is that people go, oh, I'm really worried about the competition, and now I'm going to go and do what everyone else is doing. Like that is not that is not what you need to do. You need to just think about like what is it that makes you different. What is it that you bring? Is there you know, and 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 think about you know, and, and this is where words become important. But think yeah, be, it's kind of really meaningful. People go oh, I offer a personalized service, which is like one of the worst phrases in the in the history of phrases. You're like, fine, okay, I. Uh, but what does that mean? Oh, we're independent, right? But what does that mean? Like all of these, all of these phrases that you see being used in the industry, or you know, what, you know whichever industry you're in, like why, you know, explain to the explain to the the customer or the person like why they should choose you. Because you know, if you're online and you know, just think, I mean, if you do something as simple as uh, you know, do it like a search and see you know who comes up um, on the first page of Google and whether you're there. Like what what do all the other things say? What do all the other you know, people say? If you um, you know, if your competitors and other people have an uh, email list and everything, you sign up for those email lists. So one, a, a good thing that um, uh, I learned from uh, Jeff Walker was if you're doing a lot of email marketing, what you want to do is you, you you create a separate email account and then you sign up for all your competitors' emails and then you get them into that. So you have an inbox full of what they're talking about. So you just know that you need to make your email stand out from from those ones and be completely different from those ones. Mm. Uh, and so it's a really good thing. So just doing something as simple as that, I mean, that's a kind of a little like masterclass in in, in brand, you know, a very kind of like a, a very simple level. But it, it is creating that contrast, but using what what is different about you, what is special about you. And it's going to be your story. It's going to be your approach. It's going to be the, the the things that you are talking about that there's going to be, there's going to be different. You know, Competition. If be, if people if people uh, uh, trust you and build trust in you, you don't have competition. Unless if people buy it on price, uh, and that's what you've decided to compete on, then then that's a different story. But if you if you build a real connection with them and you know you're speaking to them for a long time, people will people will 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 stick with you. This is one. Of, I mean, this is one of the things I talk about in um in 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 my other book um around brand identity, um that um you know kind of brand identity uh, sorry uh, uh, brand loyalty is that it, it is kind of dying that people are much more willing to kind of like swap between things as well. So actually, think about what. What does you know? What what is it that you offer? What is what is different about you as a brand 
compare with someone else? You know, what what do you kind of stand for? What do you stand against? As uh, equally as important as well. Um, and you know, and and be, being afraid to kind of call out things in the industry. I don't, you know, something people are, are, are very frightened of is saying, you know, that is bad practice. Like I don't do it. I do it this way because that way is the wrong way. Or I don't believe that we should do this. I think we should do that. Like people aren't willing to to people are willing to do that like internally, you know, within the industry or something like that. But they're not necessarily and. Your audience, you know, they don't have necessarily have that context. You have to, you have to lead them all the way. You have to tell them why is this important. Right? I'm independent, and that is important because it gives you this, this, and this. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I do it this way, and that is important because of this, this, and this. And it, people need context. People need leading. People need educating. And so, the more that you do that, the more that you you help someone get what they want and understand their you know their their buying decisions and help inform their decisions as much as possible. Uh, the stronger a connection they're going to have to you, and the, and the, and the greater trust. It, it all comes down to trust and whether they like you as well. And that's that's kind of a key thing. One one thing that pops into my head when we were, you were talking about this was. And, and you'll see it on loads and loads of different pet groomers um, Facebook pages. Is we are a one-to-one groomer. That is like the the buzz phrase. Oh, is it? Okay. Many, many, many pet groomers were a one-to-one groomer. But I actually go out and say, have you actually asked people what they want? Do they want? Do I mean? Do they understand what that means? You know. Yeah. But we just we just grab this phrase out of the air, not out of the air, but we grab this phrase thinking this is what people want. This is what our my customers want, but. We don't know what they want because we don't go and ask them. No, no. I mean, that's the thing. When I um, when I finished up um, in journalism, I started working um, for uh, for a little bit doing helping my my dad and his business. He had electrical engineering, um, sorry, electrical contracting business, um, domestic and commercial. And um, you know, it, that was a really interesting industry because you know, there's a lot of language that they use all the time, really old, outdated language, like free estimates. You're like, what? Of course. Like who expects to pay for an estimate? Like for a quote? Like like why why are you still saying these things? Yeah, you know? and just the, some of the language that they were using, you know, uh, and, and not explaining what it means, you know. And you're like this 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 doesn't make sense. And everyone else is using the same language, so you know. And there's a kind of there's a safety in that as well. And you know, and I think you know that thing with that one to one thing is like, what are the assumptions that people have? Do people assume it's going to be one to one anyway? Um, you know, or if it's not one to one, like, what is the alternative, and why is your way better? Uh, you know, and I think that it, it, you know, people. People are becoming much more. Um, uh, you know, they they require much more information before they make a buying decision. Now they require much more information. In the you know, in the past, if someone wanted to buy something, they would pick up the phone and start having a conversation with you as a as a business owner doing it. They don't want to do that now. They are happy to spend as much time on their phone, looking at Google, looking at reviews, reading your website, going through your social media, doing you know, reading around you before they'll ever. You know, put their hand up and say, "I'm interested in it." So the question to ask is: Have are you providing enough information for them to you know really find out what they need to know from you? What is it that they need to know? What are the questions that they are asking about you that you are not answering at the moment? Go out and create that content. And the best way of doing that is to you know when you get on the phone with them and they're asking all these questions, write down those questions. Like you know, what is it when someone inquires? You know, are there common questions that keep coming up? If they do. Go and make a video about it. Go and write a post about it. Go and do that, you know, because they, you've not, they've not got that information from the website or, or anywhere else. So, like, it, it, there is, the, you know, all the kind of clues are there as to, as to, as to, you know, if you're struggling to come up with content, you're struggling to come up with those things. And, you know, 
if you um, if someone signs up for your, for your for your email list, you know maybe you're given a guide or, or something like that, or they inquire and you want to send out like a, a series of emails and everything. Answer objections to those e- emails. Make the buying process smoother for them by giving them the information before they ask for it because they're they're, they're asking those questions in their head. Um, a really a really good exercise is to kind of go through and think about the different stages of um, of, of buying and like what questions are they asking? What are they thinking? What's coming up in their mind before they ever vocalize it? And when you start doing that, you'll see where there's kind of gaps in your content. You'll see where you know, you've you, you, you've written lows, but you've not maybe written as much. You know, lots of people write a lot of stuff around the you know when it comes to the purchase decision. Sometimes you know people don't know you know whether certain things are right for them. They don't they don't necessarily even know between different solutions. They don't know why you know helping someone make a buying decision between you and someone else. If you give them some criteria, questions to ask, things to you know you know. People will always default to price if they if they if they don't have enough knowledge to come up with another criteria. So give them some more criteria. Say like these are questions that you need to ask. You know, your 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 pet groomer. Uh, these are the, these are things you need to look at. You know, do they have this qualification? This qualification? That kind of stuff. Because if you're then getting them to ask that, and you know that your competitors haven't got it, there's only one place that they're going to come. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And you know, this is all sort of training that we we give give my clients, and they're going out there now, and they're. They're digging into these clients and they're just saying yes to them. Yeah, we can groom a dog. It's like, what do you want? What is your dog? How does your dog behave? You know, being enthusiastic, asking all these questions. Yeah. What I was going to ask you, um, your opinion on this prices from. So people have, people quite often say, well, all my prices are from. What's your yeah. what's your take or your opinion on on that phrase or that using? That? I don't think. I don't think. I don't think this. Uh, I always say that people people don't hear the from. No, no, that's the thing. It's the that's the thing. So they they that they they will automatically um go to go to that point. Um, and I do think that there's a thing because it's it's it, it is anchoring. So like one of the one of the the elements that um uh, you will always face is that if you if you put a price there. That's the thing that everything else you say after it will 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 come from that price, and so it's almost uh, it, it's a difficult thing to come back from, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know. And I can I'd say you know people I, I do I think you just have to make a decision one way or the other. You either put your prices online and you're upfront about it, and you and you and you do it unashamedly. Like these are our prices, we're happy with it, we'll defend it. It might be more expensive and everything, but you know, and and, and we have a confidence about it. And you just got to make sure that you, you're confident throughout, and you, know, you 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 do that, and everything about you and your brand has to has to reflect that. Or you don't put your prices at all. Uh, I do. I think it's a chance if you if you're putting it from, then there is a there's always going to be that thing of you're going to have to work extra hard to convince them that they they. They, you know, they need those other things. Unless you do a kind of a Ryanair star thing, where you know you have a price, and then you know there's there's add-ons and and and, and other things as well. Um, not many people like that, do they? Not, many, not, not a lot of people like you. You pay well. You said it was from fifty, and now I've got to pay a this, and then I've got to pay that, and then I've got to pay this. And no, no. But I think if you if you do it in the right way, you set it up in a in a kind of a premium way. Um, you know, you can if it. It's, I mean, even the way that some people talk about what uh, what they do, you know, you can you can turn uh, a, 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 you know a service into something that sounds you know wonderful from 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 the pet's perspective, um, you know. And I think just you know, using technical language 
is is fine, you know, for, for for you to understand and things like that. And if you have a highly sophisticated audience, like people who you know, really, uh, you know, they they kind of oh, I know that I need this, 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 and this, and and they want that. Um, but you're always going to have you know an audience that that you know may not necessarily have that level of sophistication. And so when you're talking about you know grooming in in, in other contexts and you know uh, and, and you know the outcome for the pet and and and, and other things as well, there's. I think there's an opportunity to really kind of lift it. I, I use I always use an example when I'm uh, teaching about copywriting. I, I put you know um, uh, two plates of fish and chips next to each other, and on one it's like fish and chips, you know, three pound fifty, and on the other side it's you know hand caught loin of uh, cod uh, served in beer. Uh, what's it called? Uh, beer batter um, with um, you know twice cooked chunky chips and a side of you know and eleven pound fifty. It's like the same product, but you know you've added a little bit of story to it. You've added some value to it. You've you've presented it in a way that meets their meets what they expect from it in terms of value. And so you you know you're you're going to get more um, uh, more from it. And so it's, it's it's thinking about how do you just present. The offers that you have in a way, you know, sometimes you know, packaging things up in a certain way, um, can you know, it, you know, adding things together and presenting it in a certain way, you can raise the value of it because of how someone feels like what they're giving their pet or they feel about you know the the, the way that it's presented. It doesn't necessarily always you know when when you're doing this well, the value that someone feels. A, you know they're happy to pay higher prices. Like you, you, you shouldn't necessarily. Like I think you can upsell people um, by making them feel good about choosing those upsells. You know, rather than going, you know, if if it's basic stuff, things that you'd expect, you know, um, uh, you know, to add on to it, then you know, it's, it's yeah, or it's almost better to have it at a higher price and then say that you're you know adding in two or three other things, you know, to that because they feel like they're getting something. I think anything where they feel like there's a price and they've you know they're they're missing out because of some like slight of um a phrase, then that that's an issue. See, you know what? I'm really hoping that people are listening to this and they are picking these gold nuggets out of this podcast, <laughs> this live now, because that, what you just did there is exactly, I get a bit of pushback on this. So people say, well, people, people say to me, they won't pay a higher price. They won't pay more money. And I'm like, well, how are you giving those prices out? And they're like, well, I'm, I'm text messaging them or I'm, I'm sending it over messenger or I'm emailing them back, you know? And I'm like, no, they won't pay more because- they're getting their fish and chips for £3.50. Yeah. Whereas if you get them on the phone and give them some enthusiasm and ask them lots of questions and describe the beer battered um, loin of cod with the double fried um, chips and the, the mushy luxury peas for £11.50, I'm my mouth watering there. That's <laughs> exactly, I know. That's the thing. That's engaging the sense. But, you know, I, I think about this, like, um, I went to, I took my daughter to uh, Harrods. I took her to Harrods uh, when she was really small uh, to see Father Christmas. And the uh, the grotto was right next to their grooming um, parlor. And they had the, the the price of the grooming, the things on there. And I can guarantee you that the quality of that grooming in there is probably not that much better than the quality that, you know, most of, most of uh, the people in this group could offer. How do they get away with charging 10, 20 times the amount for what they're offering? It's because they have a brand. It's because you expect it to be expensive there. It's because all of those things, and you might get, oh, well, I'm not Harrods, but 
But why? Like, why not? Why can't you? Why can't you offer a premium service? Why can't people? The thing is, it's about identity. Like when you're dealing with something someone cares about, it's identity. If someone feels they, it's, it's, it's the difference between between buying like a knockoff pair of um, you know Ray Bans and some real Ray Bans, a knockoff Louis Vuitton bag and a real bag. When you got that real bag, you feel different about it. You feel as though I've paid that money. I've, it, 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 you know, there is there is something different about it. If people. you're in the kind of industry where the more someone invests in something, the better they feel about themselves and the better they feel about, you know, about uh, uh, their relationship with, with their pets. Like you, you have a, like, there's a real opportunity to build some really kind of strong premium brands here where, you know, because this is just, this is getting bigger and bigger. This is like Growth is it like this is the growth industry, isn't it? Like there is this is this is not this is this is this is just a, a, a huge opportunity here. And so, you know, people people feel good about themselves when they when they invest and they spend money on 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 these things. Not everybody, not everybody, but there will be people who do that. There will be people who want to spend more money because they care more about you know they they they. they feel like they have to have this expression about how much they care about their pets. Or, or they so feel that, that by spending more money, they're caring more about their pets. Absolutely. And they want other people to see that they're spending. If you if if you you know if in your area you're the most expensive like pet groomer and you look the most expensive pet groomer and you look premium things like that. And then when people say, you know, we I know people who um you know who they have had they're terrible at training their dogs um and they've sent it to I I can't remember what the name of the dog whisperer or whatever it is. I can't remember what it is, but they have sent their dog to that person and they will tell everybody that that dog has been sent there to it because what does it show? It shows that I am incredibly, which shows that you're not very good at training your pet, but it shows that, you know, I obviously care so much about it that, you know, that I'm willing to kind of spend that amount of money in order to, to, to get the, to get the result one because I care about, about my pet and everything as well. There will be people who will spend that and you'll always have people who go, oh, there won't be people in my area, not in my area, not in things like that. And that is never true. That is never true. Um, the problem, I think the problem is, and you've probably experienced this, and this is really funny because, you know, it, 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 we talked about mindset in terms of marketing, is that normally it's people's own, uh, because, you know, it's, it's, it, this isn't just about marketing stuff and writing stuff. This is also about, you know, making offers and building value and, and, and anchoring pricing and things like that. And the thing that gets in the way is people's money blocks, people's money mindset as well. Like I do, you know, I don't like this marketing, therefore other people don't like marketing. I wouldn't spend that. I know how much it costs. Other people are going to say, and I think it, because those two things are wrapped up, I think that is why we have such an issue uh, in the in the UK, with 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 things like marketing and, and putting out offers and and and, and you know, offering these premium brands and things like that, so I think the, the all these things are tied. But that's not my area; that's your area to to to, to help help people with. It's just fascinating, though, isn't it? You know, everything, all these points that you've been hitting on. I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. This is this is it. And I'm sure you know you cover. We we I just cover the pet grooming industry, but you must cover so many more industries. And do you see the same? The same issues with small business time and time again. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's 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 always it's always an issue. It's like yeah, people putting their um you know their own kind of uh, beliefs in front of things. Yeah, you know, I, I I've had people spend uh, huge amounts of money with me to um, create uh, like a huge amount of content and then never use it. Because they're they've just got in the way. They've 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 panicked at the last minute, you know. And we're talking about like tens of thousands of dollars, but they've just panicked at the last minute and they've decided that oh, it's not going to work. 
You're like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? This is crazy. Um, but just people, people go because the the thing is, um, it, when you go out there, when you put something out, and I think this is the this is the struggle with with people on social media and stuff like that. It feels like there's a piece of you out there. It feels like you know you, you you're, you're told to be authentic and personal, and you you don't want people to to, to judge you and and everything else like that. And I think you know there is there is that element to it. Um, you have to almost be slightly uh, focused on just going through the process. You know, this isn't you know, at the start it results, uh, ignoring the results, ignoring kind of the feedback, just going through the process. You know, am I being consistent? Am I putting this stuff out? Am I, am I delivering the right type of content? Am I, you know, put it, am I consistently getting testimonials? Am I consistently asking for testimonials? Am I, you know, I think there's a, it, it's just, you kind of have to get your head down, follow the process keep going through the process and then you know you you do see results but it is a it is it is a long term long term thing to do you know some people absolutely love marketing like i love i love like doing marketing i love like the marketing things like i don't get bothered by people like making negative comments or looking stupid or or things like that um but not everyone does love marketing but it, you know when it when it does work and when you're doing it well and people are uh, feeding back on it and they're looking forward to the things you're writing or they absolutely love your posts or uh, things like that it does it it does show that you're you're hitting something that you're 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 achieving something um but you do need to be consistent in order to get to that point yeah and i, and I think you've got to be happy with um you know not happy with upsetting people but be happy that people not everyone's going to like what you do I do, you have to be kind of neutral. Like, that's the thing. I think people do just are very happy to keep changing their mind about you know what they're doing, and they'll listen to people who have not ever done this stuff before as well. Like in marketing, it's like everyone has an opinion. Like you know, it doesn't matter whether you. Uh, if I go into a business and I've done marketing, it's just you know the finance director's got an opinion on you know how something looks. Uh, you know, I'm not going to attack any of his spreadsheets, but for some reason, you know, he, he thinks he you know he he has some like kind of expert guidance. And and the way that you deal with that, and the way that I always deal with that is, I say, well, let's just test it. Let's put those things out. Let's see what happens. Let's see how it goes. Let's see if there's any pushback on it. Let's see if anything like that, or let's see if it gets results. Um, and so, you know, I think sticking, you know, creating, and this is why it's quite useful if you can, if you can batch it when you can. So if you have a strategy and, and, and normally I think from a marketing perspective, say a quarter is quite a good period of time to kind of think about and go, look, let's see, let's go and spend this quarter with a, a focus of growing the email list. Let's get as many people onto email list as possible as, and put that as a focus. And then, you know, you've got each month to maybe try three different things to do it and just focus on that and see how that goes. And then, you know, you're going to gain enough knowledge. And, and the problem is that people just go, I, I'm going to, uh, I, I want to, you know, get this many customers and, um, and I'll go my email list and I want to try and, you know, get, uh, you know, 57,000 subscribers on YouTube and I want to do this and I want to do that and all the, all these other kind of things. Um, but I think if you have like more of it, if, if you haven't got time and you haven't got a team, just have a more singular focus, mm. get it all done. And then the, the, I think the thing is, you know, if you can, if you can batch it and then you can, um, you schedule it. It's like you remove yourself from it. You don't have to look at it. You can look at the metrics afterwards. You can be much more divorced from it. I think, you know, if you're there every day going, I need to write something. And then you go onto, you go onto social and you've got like five negative comments and you're like, Oh, should I really write that? And then you're changing your mind and, and it kind of goes all over the place. And that, I think, I think that's why it's, it's just, if you, if you are, if you get emotionally involved with, with, with what you're putting out, then, um, I think that's when you start being inconsistent and changing things. 
I'm a very spontaneous host of me, but I'm working on the being more more planned and more strategic. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I think you know, considering like the industry you're in, it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But what what I what I would do is that sometimes you're not going to feel spontaneous. Sometimes you're not going, or you're not going to have like, you know, if you like people like taking um, uh, pictures of, you know, customers coming in, all that kind of activity, but sometimes that's not going to happen. So what's a better thing to do is to say, okay, I'm going to have a baseline of content that I'm going to put out and that's always going to go out. If I can add more to it, you know, spontaneously added things, see an opportunity, things like that, I can do that on top. But I know that I've always got that baseline going out and that's always going to be there. And so even if I don't post, it's not going to, it's not, it's not going to impact me. I'm very, uh, I mean, this, this has been amazing, this chat, and I'm very conscious of time. Uh, we, do we need to have a part two? Because we've not even touched on. We've <laughs> not even touched on awards, no. Awards, we've not touched on website. <laughs> Building or website, right? No, no. I'll come back and do a second one. I'm absolutely delighted to yeah. do that. If, uh, if you want to, if you want to, yeah, carry this on as a, a second part. Yeah, I had no idea that we'd go so deep into the marketing and, and everything. It's been fantastic. It's just been some real sort of golden nuggets that hopefully people listening will pick out and start to re retrain their brain or, or think about things differently. Yeah, I think it's it's like marketing. We talk about marketing muscle. Like it's one of those things that you train. You either yeah, you kind of get into you get into the kind of the groove of it, and then you, you start understanding it, and you you start doing it, and it becomes you know because it it is the thing that will then take your business further. Like it's the thing that at some point you are going to have to master this. Like, you know, the idea that you're going to hire a marketing, you know, that you can avoid it, you can hire a marketing team. Because even if you do hire a marketing team, if you're going to hire a marketing person, you go hire a marketing agency, or even if you work with a copywriter or something like that, you still need this, 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 you need, there's some knowledge that you need to know before you do so. Like lots of people go, oh, you know, I'm going to hire a copywriter. And then they go to Fiverr or do it and they, 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 they hire a copywriter to do stuff and they get something back and they go, I, well, I don't know if. I don't know if that's any good or not. You're like, exactly. That's the thing. So you need to have a kind of a sort of level of knowledge so you can provide enough oversight and understanding to make sure that you are, you're, you're getting that. So, so developing some mastery of this is really important because eventually, you know, if so anybody whether you want to grow your business or anything, then, you know, that's going to be the primary thing that you're doing. It's going to be marketing your business. You know, you might have people then underneath you who are doing the doing the grooming and other team members and, and things like that. So, so it is worth, you know, developing an understanding of it and, and and starting to put it into practice so that you know you're looking with a with a with a view, view to the future. Well, I think that's a really good place to to end part one. Brilliant. Like, I mean, we have to come back and talk talk awards and everything else as well. Yeah. It's been an hour already, an hour of like pure gold. So um we'll leave it there and then we'll have you back on and we'll talk about website copy and uh, engaging a copywriter and then writing awards as well. That'd be awesome. Perfect. Brilliant. I look forward to it. Excellent. Thanks for your time, Jody. Thank you. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Please make sure you give us a like or a review to help people find it. The podcast is sponsored by Lowpay. Head over to www.lowpay.com to find out more about their payment solution.